Welcome to The Screeners, Episode 12. This week in Jump Cuts, we recommend the best of the best in on-demand viewing. Next, we discuss the paint-by-numbers approach to script writing and the algorithms that are taking over Hollywood and will determine what we see in the cinema. The discussion heats up as we talk about whether it's important for a film to be viewed in the same aspect ratio in which it was shot. And finally, Google Chromecast is here. Is it worth the $35? And in our main event, we return to Marvel's universe for our full-featured review of The Wolverine. And finally, in the cutting room floor, we discuss this year's Emmy nominations, who we think should win, who we think should have been nominated, and who we think has no business being on the list. Let's go. From the big screen to the small screen and everything in between, this is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Screeners Podcast. This is Josh. And Chad. This is Chris. And Melody. And we're back again to talk all things media. Now, we do love to hear ourselves talk here at the Screeners, but we also love to hear from you. If you hear anything on the show you want to talk about more, or if there's anything you'd like to hear us talk about in the future, drop us a comment at ScreenersPodcast.com, find us on Facebook, or send us an email at ScreenersCast at gmail.com. Welcome to the Jump Cut section of the Screeners Podcast. This is our lightning round where each of us will get 60 seconds to answer a question. If any of us goes beyond 60 seconds, we have to vote to extend the cut. And we're going to jump right into our first question now. All right, guys. Well, my question comes from an experience we had this week where we were out at a lake house with not too much to do except watch some on-demand movies and we made some pretty poor selections in our movie-watching oh choices. Gosh. So I'm wondering if you guys have any recommendations of any new releases that are out there on any of the cable on-demand services. Uh, recommendations worth watching. Chad, you got anything? I don't know what the different cable companies you guys use where you are, but where I am is Charter. And so when this question came up, I started looking at some of the on-demand stuff and realistically there's not a whole lot of good things out there there is one movie that's available on demand though that i really want to see and that is mud i don't know if you guys uh, i think we talked about it just a little bit but everything that i've heard about this movie is that it's just really spectacular uh another one that i saw was a movie with and i actually watched this on demand a movie with arnold schwarzenegger called the last stand yeah (laughs) yeah yeah and it's actually it's it's okay. It's not bad. It's it's got some yeah. good action. Wow. He's like grandpa's kicking yeah. butt a little bit. So that was kind of fun. <laughs> but everything else that's out there looks really really you know it's pretty rough. Uh, but that's it. That those those would be my two suggestions. All right, uh, Chris, have you found anything worth watching? Well, there's a couple things on my queue that I'd really like to watch. Um, the first being uh, Danny Boyle's new film Trance. Oh, yeah. um, I missed that and I really want to see it. I've heard. Some interesting things, very mixed reviews on it. Um, you know, obviously it was in and out of theaters pretty quickly, and I don't think it got a lot of either commercial or critical success. But it still is Danny Boyle, and I at least want to give it a you know give it a watch. Yep. And the other one is something that I <clears throat> I really didn't think I was going to want to see, um, but for a couple of different reasons, it looks interesting. And that is a movie called Warm Bodies. Have you guys heard about Warm Bodies at all? Yes, I have. Uh, some it's this uh, zombie. 
Yeah, this zombie film where a zombie falls in love with a live girl and then they begin to change how zombies work. I don't know. It looks really <laughs> crazy. And at the, for the first time I saw it, I thought it was going to be a Twilight ripoff. I was going to say, but, it sounds like the host. But it's got, I mean, here, here's another thing. We comes back to our Rotten Tomatoes discussion. It's got an 81 on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, and I've had heard a lot of really good things about it, so I want to check it out. Warm Bodies and Trance would be my two yeah. picks. I have a couple of friends whose opinion I respect as it pertains to film, and they both really liked Warm Bodies, so I yeah. think I, I'm, I'll yeah. probably check that out too. What about you, Josh? Well, I actually think I'm going to take some of you guys' recommendations. We were browsing. We have Fios up here, and we were browsing on demand just this past weekend, and Mud was on sale, and we were almost going to watch Mud, but we missed a couple of movies that aren't new releases anymore. And so we decided to watch one of them. And I can say that, you know, you probably don't really need to spend your time watching Django Unchained. I'm just going to put oh, that out there. Wow. I will okay. I'm just going to say that. I will physically but assault you. I am interested in mud and trance. Look, he hasn't made a decent up, original movie since just Pulp keep Fiction. Talking about I'm just going to so keep saying it until friends. someone believes me. <laughs> saying it. And I'm done. <laughs> mud, mud has a 98%, by the way. Yeah, no, mud is supposed to be really good. Scores. I'm sorry, I, I, that, that's just a frame of reference. I'm just saying that's that's pretty amazing. Dad's gonna punch you. I'm gonna punch I don't you. care. Come on. I don't no, want to punch you. me. I'm gonna punch Josh if he keeps talking about Quentin Tarantino for real. I haven't, I haven't seen it either. He's done. Oh my goodness, yeah. Melody, take this over. Right. Are you a teenage boy, Chad? Are you a teenage boy? No, you are not. Possibly on the inside Let's still. <laughs> Let's make it stop. All right. Well, let me tell you what I don't recommend. That would be The Call with Halle Berry. Oh, I'm terrible, <laughs> terrible, terrible. Awful film. movie. Did you have really to watch bad. that movie to know that was going to be terrible? <laughs> well, yeah, we pretty much knew. But I mean, it was extra more terrible than we even thought. <laughs> and we also watched Admission with Tina Fey, which was not even worth mentioning. So, but let me give my recommendations. 42, if you haven't seen that, that's on On Demand right now. Definitely is didn't, worth the watch. Did, did we not review we that here on the We did review yes. that, yes. And we told them to watch it. But in case you haven't done it yet, now would be a good time. There you go. And two that I do want to see that were not on the On Demand that we had out at the lake are Flight. I haven't seen that yet. That's and good. I'm embarrassed to say I have not seen Silver Linings Playbook yet. So Don't worry about it. Overrated. Don't worry about it. Really? Okay, well. Yeah. Wow. All right. Okay. Well, there we go. Well, now, now I guess I still have nothing to see then. No, no, no. Yeah. You should see it. You should see it. Flight is actually, flight's pretty good. Flight's pretty good. But it's funny that you mentioned All admission. Right. My wife and I watched that uh, the other day on On Demand, and at the end of it, we looked at each other, and I said, was that supposed to be a comedy? Because there's no comedy in this movie. John it was Goodman. really weird. Yeah. It was a weird movie. It was. Weird. All right, so for my question, I have two very interesting articles that are somewhat related, but somewhat not related. Uh, let me explain. There's an article on Slate, Save the Movie, the 2005 screenwriting book that's taken over Hollywood and made every movie feel the same, about how this book written by um, an esteemed scriptwriter has kind of infiltrated the entire movie industry and given writers basically a beat sheet for what page, what page number of their script to hit certain beats, certain plot lines. But the article that I find more interesting and that I like to geek out a little bit more on is entitled, What's Behind the Future of Hit Movies? An Algorithm. Basically talks about how this new company called Epigogics, is, it's a consulting firm that more and more 
studio execs are going to because they use a machine learning algorithm to fine-tune the scripts. They use um, they feed a whole bunch of past successful movies into this algorithm, and it spits back basically fine-tuned details. You need to set the movie here instead of here. Uh, this role can be scaled back a bit, you know, things like that. And this fascinates me as a computer nerd. And so I'm kind of wondering what you guys got out of this article and what you think about this trend. So let's start with Chris. This sounds like that particular article sounded a lot like uh, the money ball of uh, movies um, in that, you know, we can kind of put together a, a formula. We can put together a, a, a winning you know, uh, stack, and we know that those things are going to work. Um, I heard, and I'm not sure if we've ever confirmed this, but I think Josh, you were talking about how House of Cards was actually built that way from Netflix, right? They looked at all of their data that they've collected on that service and put together the perfect show for well, the audience, right? What I read about House of Cards was more that that's how they marketed it to their users. So uh, if you okay, had watched okay. movies with a okay. strong female lead, you got ads that featured Robin well, Wright and so on. <clears throat> I think this works kind of interesting in both ways in that it can either beginning the user the genesis of a project or at the end to tweak it and make it more successful. That, that's interesting to me. It's a little bit the, the whole formulaic thing. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an artist at heart. I like to create things. And when I hear those kind of things, it, the moment I hear it, I kind of am a little bit hesitant. It kind of rubs me the wrong way, I think. Um, but at the same, at the end of the day, these these movie companies are businesses, and they've got to turn a profit. So it makes sense that they want to make sure that they hedge their bets in the best possible light. So it's it's fascinating and uh, interesting to see where maybe they'll they'll take it over the next couple of years. But yeah, anyway, it's 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 crazy to think that that much is that much thought is behind these films. I or, agree. How about you, Chad? The one part about this that that I understand why they do it obviously is the marketing side and trying to connect to certain demographics that will come out to see the movie. What what I don't like about this, on the first article where it talked about specific plot points happening at specific times, because realistically, there's only so much new, you know, the this, this saying, there's only so much new under the sun, right? I mean, there's only so many different ways to tell a story that we haven't heard before. And so part of that, I'm like, well, you know, they're tropes in any story. What I didn't like was it literally had a page count where it said midway through the first yeah. act, a catalyst happens, and then there's a shootout at the midpoint, and then an all is lost moment right before, you know, the ending around page 75 to 80, and it concludes in a final act, you know, where the bad guys are dispatched in a, you know, ranking order, you know, that kind of stuff. And that <laughs> yeah. just really bothers me because as he, as I was reading this, I was like, I can think of like 10 movies I've seen in the last eight months that are just like that. And so, but unfortunately that stuff sells because America is stupid. So <clears throat> I say that with well, all due respect, but that's you know, all due respect. Um, but this kind of makes sense because some of those things are important in a story, but not the same way every time. So it's kind of frustrating, but what are you going to do? Melody, how about you? Yeah, I'm definitely with you guys. I think it's very interesting. They're both very interesting articles and I definitely think I do see the beat sheet thing happening. Um, I mean, you kind of, I already kind of felt like movies were very formulaic but to see it like spelled out with those page numbers or whatever is very interesting and um definitely like it's always irritating to me when i'm watching a film and suddenly i'm like oh, okay now we've entered act three and it's just like so obvious and blatant like the script writing or whatever and i think the great movies are the ones that you get so immersed in them that you don't you know you don't think about the outline you just enjoy the film so 
you know, for the big blockbusters that follow the uh, beat sheet thing, uh, I don't see us really moving away from that because, like you guys said, that's what sells. The algorithm thing is, I think it's funny, but I think it's kind of cool, too. Like, it's very interesting that they can, you know, sit down and figure all of that stuff out to the point where they can... I think the, the article was saying like they got rid of one actress in the movie that was going to cost them 12 million more dollars because the algorithm said that that role in the story didn't need to be that prominent or whatever. And it's just interesting. Is that my buzzer? <laughs> yeah, I had to do it for one of us because we've all been talking. We've all been over. So I think, I I think Melody got buzzed like at the least amount over of anybody that's been talking. <laughs> Pretty much. Sorry. It only started watching. Anyway, it's we make interesting. It? Yeah, no, keep going. Keep oh, going, yeah, Melody. Finish up, finish up. Well, now I don't even know what I was saying. You guys just distracted my train of thought. I really don't even know what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 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 Uh, should, do we want to talk about this anymore and make an extended cut, or do Josh we just want to move on? Oh, Josh, I haven't sorry. talked sorry. yet. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Josh. You, well, you talk so long intro, I, I just thought you'd talk <laughs> It's about true. It. That was my true. turn. Your introduction is longer turn. than our main event. Well, you gave me two articles. <laughs> what do you want? Well, Melody and Chad, you guys talked a little bit more about the first article, and I'm going to go back and geek out about the machine learning algorithm, because that like I said, that fascinates me as a computer nerd, and I'm always interested to see the places machine learning is being used and infiltrating popular culture in a way that sometimes we know about it and sometimes we don't. But this particular use of machine learning has the potential to kind of fold in on itself, and I don't know whether it's going to result in just this company's collapse or the collapse of um, this Hollywood model that trends towards sameness in movies. Because what these uh, algorithms do is they feed in data from past movies. That's all they can do to predict what should succeed in future movies. So when you start feeding in movies that have come out of this algorithm, the tweaks that this algorithm has told studios to make, and feed that back in as training data, you're going to start getting the algorithm kind of folding in on itself and producing things that are so similar that... I'm wondering if audiences are going to pick up on it and just abandon the theaters even more than they are now. And so that's what I'm interested to see in the next couple of years if this company gets gets more deals with Hollywood Studios and starts being the go-to place for tweaking your script. Yeah. But I think what you're what you're saying there though is is that then that's when that that's why both of these things work so well is because that foldover is what people like, right? And so people like familiarity, they like things that they can somewhat predict that they're going to have a, a good experience in. You know, when they sit down in the theater, they really don't want to see something completely different than, they, when they, than what they saw before. That's why sequels oftentimes try and cre- recreate the same beats, the same plot points, the same moments that their, their, their predecessor did so that when people walk away from it, they're not disappointed that they didn't get what they got one of the first time. You know what I mean? So Yeah. This is a part sadly, of it, there's... Is, is that, I, I'm sad to say that there's a lot of truth in that. I'm just wondering if there's going to be an event horizon and like beyond which these movies are so samey that everyone just says, well, I don't want to go to the I theater. There's always going to be the creatives yeah. out there, though, that'll buck the system. But but, but at some point, I'm, I'm fairly sure that The Lone Rangers is probably one of these movies. Um, it's when the movies start to fail that that's when they'll begin to, like you said, it won't fold in completely because... Well, I mean, maybe unless people just stop going to the theaters altogether, but then you'll have the the, the the movies that people are going to go see. 
Um, and that's what that that's what will happen. You know, what I mean, there'll be movies. Not all movies will use this same algorithm. There are going to be lower budget films. There are going to be comedies. There are going to be other things that happen in there that um, that allow the algorithm to be thrown off if we continue to use it. But I think you're right that at some point it's got to change. It's got to give. We can't keep having, you know, at minute, you know, fourteen. That's when the you know dark what was it dark day of the soul what do they call it start calling <laughs> yeah, it dark night of the soul in. that was yeah. three fourths in yeah dark night of the soul i mean come on you can't just you know what i mean that that if if people become so aware of it it's kind of like becoming aware of how an illusionist or how a magician is doing his trick it just becomes not interesting anymore but if they can put a different skin on it and make it interesting then people keep going america you know, is stupid they want it, it. it's true it's not, and it, it's it ties not into what we were talking about last time about studios not taking risks anymore. They're like they're betting on these big budget films that are inevitably identical but, to the last big budget film. Okay, but we can keep saying that. But at the end of the day, these these big blockbuster films are what what is what gives the budget to the lower you know independent films. Um, and so you can't just say, "Oh, hey, we shouldn't you know make a business out of this." Well, yeah, you should because otherwise yeah. you're not going to be able to get you know like we talked about. Uh, yeah, but a little film into a, into a theater. You yeah, know what I mean? I see, like that from a, I see that from a different angle in as much as, and we've even talked about it in recent weeks, that uh, nowadays, the summer, what used to be exclusively kind of the summer period is now extending both earlier and later, and it's almost impossible to get a film made if it's not going to, if the algorithm doesn't state this is going to be a blockbuster or spawn a sequel or be right. some sort of, you know, tie-in with lots of other marketing. So... You know that that sword cuts both ways for sure. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with you, but I still think they're trying to make a smart business decision here. This isn't a creative sure. decision. Just like they said, this is the marketing guys, and um, for them, it's a it's a good tool, and I think they're yeah. going to continue to use it until it tells them otherwise. Number three. Okay, for my jump cut this week. I read an article called, Why is Netflix Secretly Cropping Movies? And I don't want to geek out too much here in talking about aspect ratios and anamorphic and 235.1 versus 177.1 and that kind of stuff. So we'll just try and keep it uh, as general as we can to see what our what our feelings are. There have been uh, suggestions that Netflix, Netflix has secretly been cropping in on films in order to just fill up a standard widescreen TV. We've been around long enough with the transition from 4x3 to 16x9 televisions that I remember guys and, and my family even getting mad when they put in a tape and it had bars at the top because they felt like the picture was actually getting cut off. You guys <laughs> yeah. relate to that? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 Ghostbusters 2. I, I had widescreen version of Ghostbusters 2, and I got so annoyed. I was like, oh, man, I picked up the wrong VHS. Exactly, and I did the same thing with DVDs. We would bring DVDs home, and it would be 4x3, and I'd be so mad, and everybody else was like, what's wrong? We can see more. And I was like, you're an idiot. But anyway, the, the, point, being, <laughs> the point being here is that Netflix has been accused of cropping in on some of, the, uh, some of the films, and some of the filmmakers have actually called them out on Twitter and things like that. And so in this article, Netflix actually responded and said that they didn't do this anymore, that sometimes they're just given the wrong film. Uh, and then there was another follow-up where it was noted by some filmmakers that Netflix is not the only one that's doing this. Actually, HBO and even Amazon, in some cases, are cropping their films. So this ought to be a pretty easy one, and we don't have to spend a lot of time on this. But I am curious, what are you, what are your guys, what's your thoughts on this kind of thing? Does it bother you? Does it not bother you? Is it a big deal um, or not? Let's start with... Uh, Melody. Well, when I first started to read the articles, I, you know, was 
a bit irritated. I don't want to see my movies be all, you know, messed up with their aspect ratios. But as I continue to read on and on and on about all of the <laughs> crap that they're going through, I'm just like, seriously, do I do I have to care about this? Do I really need to yes. like force myself it's to adjust? It's that important, Melody. It's that okay, important. Okay, fine. I'll try and care. Um, it's not that I don't care. Like, I, ha- I do hate pan and scan. I don't want my movies to be in the wrong aspect ratio. But then, like, until I'm watching one and I'm like, ooh, that bothers me, then, you know, yeah. whatever, people. But um, but I do like I get the artist argument. You wouldn't crop off, you know, the edge of an artist painting. So don't crop off what the cinematographers oh visualized yeah, when yeah. they when they made the film. But you know, why is this happening with Netflix? I don't really understand why. Like, why would someone give them the wrong format? I don't get that. But yeah. whatever. Did it's you continue not, to drill down? Did you click on? It's not a very big concern to me at this time. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the end. Come on, Mel. You just Come got on. shut down. Chris got shut down. <laughs> All right, so let's yeah, move next. on to Josh. Josh, what do you think about this practice? Well, the follow-up to that article, Melody, the latest one that I saw was that um, different studios do it differently, and Netflix doesn't always express a, a preference for aspect ratio from the movies they get. Some distributors make a point of always giving the original, and even those distributors have had their movies show up cropped on Netflix. And But back to my overall opinion shame on netflix and shame on hbo because everything should be how it was meant to be seen i don't care if my tv isn't the size of a movie screen and the aspect ratio of a movie screen i still want to see the edges of the frame because it's one of those things that i'm not necessarily going to notice while i'm watching the movie unless i've seen that movie before but when you go back and look at the comparison screenshots that edge of the frame is important like mm-hmm. they have one in particular, a shot from Man on the Moon, uh, the mm-hmm. Jim Carrey movie, and Jim Carrey's completely cut out of the shot. Yep. And yeah. I, I don't know. It it drives me nuts to know that I was ripped off after I've watched the movie on Netflix. Yep. Okay, Chris, what about you? Uh, kind of in the same boat with Melody actually wow. here. Oh my gosh. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and here's and here's what I mean by that is that I use Netflix mainly as more of a right. convenience thing for me. Like if I'm gonna sit down and watch a film that I know is going to be amazing, even if it's on Netflix, chances are I'll probably go over to like iTunes or go buy the Blu-ray and and buy it so that I know I've got you know true 5.1. And I don't I don't expect Netflix to be the highest quality. And I mean I mean maybe that's just a, a, a a problem Netflix has, but I just don't have it in my view as being, I know I'm going to get the most high quality 1080p, you know, best aspect ratio, 5.1, Dolby digital surround, or even 7.1 or any of those kind of things. I'm not really, I just think of it as like, okay, I've got my iPad out. I'm going to watch something now, watch it real quick and, and head out. And that's kind of the way I do it. So for me, it sounds like they're trying to get as much content out Netflix as possible, and some things just slip, slip through the cracks. They it sounds like they want to have the proper aspect ratio, but they're they're screening thousands and thousands of films, and sometimes these things just fall through the cracks, and it's not important until somebody says, "Hey, that's wrong," and then they fix it. So for me, it's kind of like, well, okay, let's just move along. Let's tell them what's going on, and then I think you know the world will be a better place if we focus on other things. <laughs> Yeah, no, this is definitely, you're incorrect. This is worthy of our wrath and our con- <laughs> Oh my gosh. Because here's, right. the, here's the deal. I agree Preach with it. you. When I, when I watch Netflix, 
I don't expect 1080p. I don't expect 7.1. I don't expect it to be the most uh, auditory, high-level experience that I can have. But what I do freaking expect is to be able to see the frame as it was shot up by the cinematographer and the director that shot it. Because so much of storytelling when it comes to film is the visual storytelling and the composition of the shot. And when they're cutting it, in some cases, almost by 40%, that is, I can't, you've got to be kidding me. That's just, it's just not acceptable for... But that isn't a sick... <clears throat> sorry, sorry, I don't mean to... Accept, but isn't you, that the exception to the rule, though? I mean, let's be honest. No, it's not the exception to the rule. I mean, they... I'm the, sure the whole, they're picking, like, the worst frame of yeah. the whole film, the, too, she uses the example. Sure, but the whole thing about HBO and the other, uh, and the couple of others, that this is what their standard practice is, you know, to me, it just, and all of us have worked in the production industry in some form or another, and you spend so much time setting up... Sure. shots and the lights and everything and then somebody comes through and cuts off the corner of the frame it's aggravating and you don't get the full impact of the story really you don't <laughs> get the full impact of the story if it okay. yes right. that is right. correct right. it's true that is correct okay. you don't yeah, this is to me this is like one of those um one of those things where very much like when you watch a, a, a movie on your hd tv and it's like super sharp at like 240 hertz and it looks like some kind of weird tv thing my, my parents yeah. never noticed that but it drives me crazy so this is it one of those me crazy for too. me totally. this is one of those deals where they, they're in the same no, I, no, no chad don't get me wrong what I, i'm not saying that i think it's okay i'm just saying yeah. I, I i would prefer obviously in every sense of the word prefer to know that I'm seeing it and if I'm going to be watching a film actually watching a film that's the way I'm going to want to and expect to be able to watch it I'm going to go purchase it in another place because I'm not expecting Netflix to have that quality of an experience it's not a quality issue this is not a quality issue this is just a deception issue there's no technical reason they have to show a cropped version so it's not a quality issue it's not it is a quality issue they're just they they have the wrong they've got like the pan and scan airline version of the film rather than the one that they meant to send or they should have sent to Netflix. That is what it is. They, they just got the wrong version of it. Somebody Wait, that's what they want Didn't you hear the follow-up I was talking about? I did. I did. But I'm, I, no, I read it all. Trust me. I, but I'm, I'm just saying is, is that there's obviously a hiccup. And I don't think Netflix is doing this nefariously where they're sitting there. You know, we're going to do, we're going to destroy the aspect ratio. Because, I mean, by 40%, you know, that that's kind of crazy. And I, I again I think that's I really do think that's the exception to the rule. But at the same point in time I don't care if it's four percent. Really, so if that makes you feel better there. <laughs> you don't think if it's ninety percent, is that what you said? No, I said it doesn't matter to me if it's four percent or forty. I want to see the whole thing. Even if it's I got, agree with, even if it's I, white I bars on a widescreen, I want to see it. I I agree with you. I You're agree right. with you. You're right. All right, guys. Well, Google unveiled their newest television device called the Chromecast. It's a video streaming device uh, that plugs directly into your existing HD television. Just a little, what I would call a dongle, uh, that just plugs directly in and then allows you to have access to various different streaming options such as uh, Netflix or anything that's really on uh, your computer, your tablet, your phone. It's very similar um, to what Apple has had in place for a while now called AirPlay. Um, but that's the um, that's what they're doing now with this with amazingly $35 priced device uh, called, like I said, the Chromecast. So I'm, I'm interested to see if you guys have any thoughts about the Chromecast, if you think you might get one, uh, if anything about it intrigues you. So uh, let's go to Josh. What do you think about Chromecast, man? Well, 
when Chromecast was first released, they had this deal that you bought a Chromecast and you got three months of Netflix for free. And this applied whether you were a new or an existing customer, which brought the effective cost down to like 11 bucks. And I almost bought one, but then, of course, the Netflix deal ran out right away because they got sold out and demand was overwhelming. And the more I thought about it, the more I don't really need it. It's HDMI. Sadly, only one of my TVs has HDMI, and that TV already has a cable box and an Xbox 360, <laughs> and so I probably don't need something else attached to it. I do think it's a good idea, and I've always wanted a way to watch the web videos that aren't part of YouTube and these other streaming services, but I haven't managed to find an actual description in the documentation of whether you can go to, like, ColbertNation.com and watch those embedded flash videos on your TV. I don't know whether that's the way it works or whether you just can connect to streaming services. I don't know how it's going to pull the flash content from the middle of the page. But anyway, um, I think it's a good idea at a good price, but it's not for everyone, especially not for probably not for the people like us who already have 17 other things that do the same thing. All right, Mel, what do you think? Yeah, I'm pretty much in the same boat. I mean, I freaking love our Apple TV, so call me a Mac snob, but that's what I use. That's what I love. Mac I think snob, it's worth yeah. I, whatever. Snob. I think it's worth the extra money because it's awesome and Indeed. it's very easy to use. But $35, I mean, if you don't have something that does that, then sure, you'll probably love it. Um, but I'm good with my Apple TV. Thank you. Chad. I started off with that same mode of thinking that I, I would have no use for this, but <clears throat> to answer Josh's question, Josh, it does in fact do that. Now, essentially out of the box, as the services that come bundled in that actually work are Netflix and YouTube and Google Play, I think. But mm -hmm. one thing that it does do if you're using Chrome is if you navigate to a page that has video using the Chrome browser, whether it's Flash or however it's embedded, you right. can go play it and hit full screen, and it will go full screen onto your television regardless. Oh, okay. That's what I was um, wondering. That's cool. Yeah, and not only that, but you can drag and drop files. Uh, now, it gets a little finicky with uh, MOV files, but you can drag MP4 files into Chrome, which it na Chrome natively plays those files, and it will also play those files. So for people that like to navigate the web a lot and you just want like a huge extended monitor in your house that will also play um, video files for 35 bucks ah, yeah. it's kind of a compelling yeah. thing I wouldn't do it for Netflix or anything else because I mean Netflix is on everything in my house you know mm -hmm. but um, but for that reason alone it might be worth it because they'll also add more features as it you know as it matures so I think it's pretty interesting but I'm not gonna buy one yet but maybe yeah well, uh, I'm a cord cutter. <laughs> are you, Chris? <laughs> what are you? <laughs> Sorry, as soon as I saw as soon as I saw this article, I was like, "Yes, I can say I'm a cord cutter." No, I, I, you know, here, alive. Here, <laughs> I'm going to be real brief. Um, I already have uh, six or seven boxes in my house that will do the exact same thing that this does. It's a thirty-five dollar HDMI port waster for me. I'm sure there's somebody out there that would use this, but you definitely do have to be technologically um, aware running an Android um, updated device like a Nexus 7. Um, if you're not updated, you won't be able to use it. You have to have a computer running Chrome. It's just very like you have to have you have to check all the boxes off and if you check all those boxes off and you you're a customer that it'll work for, great. If not, 
like I said, it's an HDMI port waster. I wouldn't waste my time with it, but it, it's intriguing at least. It's better than what they try to do with Google TV. So, Welcome to the main event. This week on the main event, we're talking about the Wolverine. Alright guys, summoned to Japan by an old acquaintance, Wolverine becomes embroiled in a conflict that forces him to confront his own demons. Literally. Now, that might be figuratively. Alright guys, we saw the Wolverine this week, and I'm interested in hearing your overall impressions on the film. Chad, what'd you think, man? Oh, I didn't want to go first. Uh, well, you know, here's one of these... I feel like I should like this movie, um, but I don't. I didn't. Li- I didn't like it very much. The first two thirds of the movie, I was interested, and uh, there were like if you asked me to list like several good things about this movie, I feel like I could. It's one of those things where I feel like it checks off a lot of the things that I typically like in a film, and some things that I like that it did that made it feel smaller than like a lot of the big spectacle movies that we've been seeing lately. But I have to be honest when I say that at the end of the movie, I, I just felt kind of let down and kind of apathetic about it. I loved the Stinger very much, even more than I liked the movie. But since we're just talking about general stuff here, I'll just I'll just say that I felt a little disappointed. I, I really did. Um, I like the character. I like the fact that they tried to stay true to the character this time around, as opposed to the previous Wolverine uh, spinoff, which was an abomination of a film was terrible. Um, and I and I had hope for this with the director because I love uh, 310 to Yuma. I thought that was great. And after X-Men First Class, I really had high hopes for this. And while this is not a bad movie, I just didn't, I didn't enjoy it as much as I had hoped. All right. Melody, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty similar with Chad as to my feelings. I, but I, I really did not want to see this movie at all. I really feel like I've seen so many of these and I feel like I'd already seen it just because I've seen so many similar to it. And with the with the one before this, the Wolverine movie before this being so terrible, I didn't want to see it. But I did see it and it was decent. I mean, it was decent. It was fine. Summer action flick. Go to the theater. Hugh Jackman's fun. Uh, how many movies do I need to see about this Wolverine fellow? I feel like I've now seen enough, really. <laughs> You're going to see another one. <laughs> I know. But, um, but you know, uh, I agree about, like, the first two-thirds of the movie. I, I, I actually enjoyed it. Like, I was having fun. There was a couple really great sequences, which I guess we can talk about in spoilers. The ending completely fell apart for me, though. Like, I really hated the last 20, 30 minutes of the movie. 
Um, I just feel like they could have brought it together differently or better or whatever. Um, and then if they had, maybe I would be able to recommend this film. But as it is, uh, you know, I wouldn't say see it in the theater. I did hate a couple of things about it as well, but I guess we can talk about that in spoilers <laughs> as well. All right. Well, I, I actually enjoyed this film. Um, it wasn't. Oh, I'm sorry, Josh. You're next, aren't you? <laughs> Am I next? Did you actually I, see uh, the Josh, film? Do we have an order? I don't. I don't well, care. we do. We do first. have an order, but he just assumed you hadn't. Seen I just it. assumed that you yeah. hadn't seen it. <laughs> oh, that's cute. That's safe, so cute. Safe, safe no, you look. You forced me to see this movie, so I'm gonna darn well talk Go about it. it. Go for it. <laughs> well, so my expectations were pretty low for this movie, as you might have been able to tell. So low, in fact, that I almost tried to convince you guys to see Grown Ups Two or Red Two, so we could talk about you, one of those you instead did of this. You, uh, There's no let, almost about no, it. No, let, let's be honest with our. No, let's I mentioned it. No, um, the fun so anyway, is in tormenting everyone story. else with my terrible taste instead of you tormenting me with yours. <laughs> no, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I made it clear that none of those movies would be good, just that the rest of them might have a chance at being better than Wolverine. This so, discussion let's just get has that on made the record. every listener leave. <laughs> Look, I made every listener leave five episodes <laughs> ago, according to you. Give, so. give, give your review of Look, Wolverine, let's Joshua. Let's All right, so I, I have to say, in, in contrast, well... To what I just said about my expectations, they were, well, they were pretty much right. In the first half hour or so, I was, it seemed a little unconventional, and so I was kind of interested in it. But by the end, which took way too long to arrive, I realized that it wasn't that I was missing convention of the movie. I was missing motivation or attachment to any of the characters. And... So I guess since I've already blathered on enough, I'll save the rest of my opinions till spoilers, but <laughs> thumbs down. <laughs> nice. That was a raspberry into the mic in case it didn't come across over. Wow. You know. Got it. It did. <laughs> Christopher, what do you well, think? I think, I, I think we're all kind of uh, in the middle ground here. Well, except for, for Josh. He definitely, you know, I, I, I enjoyed the idea. <laughs> I enjoyed the idea of this film. And because I think I do have a connection, at least with Wolverine and the X-Men, I, I'm a little bit more um, willing to forgive. And I kind of fill in the missing pieces that um, aren't there. But I did enjoy the fact that this was a little bit different, a little bit more of a, a slower-paced film, um, less fantastical, I guess I would say. Um, the, the fantastical bits are the parts that really did bother me about this film, and we'll talk about that later. So it was good, not great. Definitely a predictable ending. I definitely felt like I was hoping that things would turn out differently, that they were kind of throwing me off the trail. But I was like, man, within the first 20 minutes of this film, I already, already kind of knew what the ending was going to be. Um, but I, I'll be honest with you, the, the last scene, or what we're calling the stinger, I guess, um, was worth the price of admission for me, just because I'm such a huge X-Men nerd. Um, that was awesome uh, to see what conspired there. So anyway, uh, I'll save the rest for spoilers, but middle of the road, I enjoyed it. Good, not great. It was, uh, for me, it was, it, was, it was an enjoyable film. Anyway. So should, so should people say this, yes or no? So Chad? Homie. Um... I feel like if you like the X-Men, you should. I feel like if you like comic book movies or samurai movies, if you will, um, that you should. But I can't really recommend this as a good movie. But there are lots, of, there are a few things in it that you might like. So rent it. I, I wouldn't go to the theater to see it. Melody. 
Yeah, pretty much exactly what Chad said. I would I would rent it, um, especially if you are a fan of the series or uh, the Japanese culture. <laughs> Another Japanese film this it year. Was this, fun. This it was week. fine. Don't go to the theater though. Josh. Yeah, let's let's please not conflate this with samurai or Japanese movies. This was neither of those. <laughs> it it actually is no. it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty close to a samurai movie. It actually is, but whatever. Uh, let's, go ahead. I didn't say a good one. Event we go yes or no? Yes don't or no, bother Josh? Unless, don't bother unless you're a huge Wolverine fan. Okay. Not just X Men, Wolverine. Yeah, I, I would say you can definitely skip this movie in the theater uh, and go straight to a rental if you know. If you can't just make it out to the theater or whatever, but you'll enjoy it, especially like they already like you guys already said. If if you're a a Wolverine fan, an X Men fan, there's enough in here that you'll you'll enjoy. Some of the nods that they give are are, are quite enjoyable. Um, but for the most part, you could rent it and and have a just a good ex- experience with it. All right, guys, let's go to spoilers. You're listening to the Screeners Podcast. So, is there anything we want to talk about uh, as far as spoiler section? I know a couple of us said. We'll talk about that in spoilers. So, Josh, did you say you had something you wanted to talk about in spoilers? How good this movie was? and How much you loved it. How much you loved it. Love for it. Not anything in particular. (laughs) Okay. How about you, Melody? You said something. Oh, oh, wait. No, you do have something particular? Go ahead. Well, not a particular plot point, I meant. I was just going to say that the character of Wolverine, the way he's written, not just in this movie, but in X, the X-Men lore that I'm aware of. I haven't read them all, but he's just not an interesting enough character or a strong enough character to carry a story, to make a movie about. He he doesn't talk much. He's closed off. He says bub every once in a while and treats women like second-class citizens, and that's that's Wolverine, except for Jean Grey, I guess. But, you know, he he doesn't you can't write dialogue for him because he's not a talking character all he does is slash things so you know and don't get me started with the villains if you're going to make a wolverine movie i want to see sabretooth don't bring in the nice. c string all right well we've already right, seen uh, sabretooth but so this mark this day in the annals of screeners history i actually agree with josh uh, oh, come on. We agree on things. <laughs> we do. No, we definitely do. I don't agree with everything that you just said, but I do agree with the main point, which is I think it's very difficult to make a Wolverine movie standalone where he is the central character. I think they did. I think, honestly, this film is about as good as you can do. Maybe a little bit. I mean, this makes me pine for the Darren Aronofsky version of this movie. <laughs> this would have been because when he was attached to direct this. Yeah. Yep. And and was in full development i thought this is going to be something really worth oh, seeing. i didn't know they had him oh yeah no he was yeah, attached for a yeah, while for a while and then dropped out but i think that i think there's enough i saw enough in here that made me understand why he would want to explore this i mean the character of wolverine is somewhat interesting and has some some interesting themes to explore like immortality as a curse um mm-hmm. and dealing with all of that and the, the in this movie in particular you have to kind of have a little bit of knowledge of X3, which spoilers for X3, which if you haven't seen it, don't see it. It's it's beyond awful. But, you know, he kills Jean Grey at the end of X3, which if you don't know that, you might be a little confused about their interaction in this movie. But, you know, that that's interesting emotionally, I guess. But And I like the fact that the first two-thirds of this movie were more like a uh, a small kind of small-scale 
story about Wolverine. You're trying to figure out what's going on, more of like a mystery procedural kind of thing, um, until it gets to that god awful ending. Which, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I thought I, they're right. fucking. Yeah, if somebody falls off another level and and hits another mm-hmm. thing, I'm gonna jump off the side of this, <laughs> you know, thing myself. Yeah. What? Why? Okay. So let's just. I mean, I know obviously this movie could have been pretty great. Yeah. But let's talk about that. Like. Was there anybody who was watching this film who thought that Yoshida, or however you pronounce his name, was not going to be the big bad at the end of this film? No. Well, like, and and the thing, his line, his di- line of dialogue is, don't look so surprised. And you're like, seriously, did anyone writing this act? Oh, I'm surprised. <laughs> Shocker. What? what? You were inside that giant that, armor? That the whole time? scene was extremely <clears throat> irritating. It, and I'm sorry, insulting. but my, my biggest... My biggest hatred of this film is the Python Snake Lady character. Yeah. Okay. She was awful. Every the look was awful. Everything about her was that, just horrid. That's what opinion. was so strange about this film is that the the non fantastical mutant elements were actually somewhat, um, you know, compelling. Mm-hmm. Um, but as soon as you started seeing her, you know, rip off her skin or spit in somebody's face, it looked ridiculous. It looked so it, bad, and it was so out of place. Um, and sometimes even Wolverine's claws were just like, wait a minute, what is that doing in this film? Why <laughs> this is supposed to be some sort of a like a Japanese like thriller with a you know a, the the guy that you know it just it it felt like Rising Sun or something like that. It just was very like for me odd that all of this fantastical element just well, didn't he fit. Is Wolverine. He well, has I know. Claws. Well, I know what I'm just saying. In this film, I just felt like they were out of place. Yeah. He used it. it was weird. I mean, the thing is, if you're pitching this movie and it's like introspective Wolverine character study mystery where Wolverine's going to fight ninjas, that sounds amazing. That sounds no doubt. like I'm I, in. No doubt. But they found a way to make it not. I will give them a little credit, though. Some of the action in this movie was good, and even though they didn't show a lot of blood, there were a few times where I thought, you know, in a real Wolverine movie, if you yeah. had those claws, you would be hacking some folks up. And they showed yeah. that, and I liked that, and I loved the train sequence. The train. I thought that, oh, was, that was cool. Awesome. <clears throat> hey, did really... you guys see this in 3D, by the way? Anybody see this in 3D? I did not. Nope. I saw it in 2D. Neither did we. We, I, we, we I have rebelled against 3D. Yeah, so Very have nice. we. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay. I just yeah. was curious. Yep. Yeah, the train was amazing. That the was train really was a cool. great a great sequence. I even enjoyed the last sequence uh, before he got to the Tower of Terror or whatever that place was. <laughs> Tower of um, Terror. <laughs> when he was walking through the, the, um, the, ninjas. the old city. The ninjas. Yeah, the ninjas. And they were like um, shooting, him. shooting him with the, the, the arrows. Sure. That was kind of cool. He was like being hunted by an animal just like he was at the beginning of the film. Like I felt like that would have, you know, all that stuff kind of was was yeah. kind of and I liked cool. I like the action I like the scene where he finally got rid of the you know the parasite that was draining him of his you know invulnerability yeah, right. and that whole fight where he was back and he got stabbed through the heart and all that stuff I enjoyed that cuz it was like yeah, yeah Wolverine but yeah. I, there's just too few of that over the course of a 2 hour and 15 minute movie yeah. to to stitch it all together and any hope true and truthfully if the last 30 minutes had been had stayed tonally in keeping with the first two thirds of this movie, I may have liked it. I really yeah, may yeah, have even liked exactly. it, but it went no, so far off the rails I that I was like, "This is I can't even believe they did this." Yeah, it was weird. It, it was kind of like they almost did like the 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 beat thing where they're like, "Well, now we have to do this." Mm-hmm. Um, Probably. It, yeah, it, I was it looking like, for some of those beats. Yeah, I'm sure. I yeah, and, and I will be obviously the next time I go into a film uh, specifically like a blockbuster like this. But I, I just, for me, it felt like. Um, they just they threw everything 
out that they had they had set up and they said, you know, we're just going to have him fight a big old iron yeah. dude. Like, <laughs> I mean, honestly, adamantium, I'm sorry. I could I could make a strong case as to why the the granddaughter was even involved, like why was she important, blah blah blah, and try to dissect the plot that yeah, was horrible. That's but true. <laughs> honestly, I don't really feel like this movie is worth my my mental efforts to do so. It's just Whatever. There's no reason they for screwed up the end. If you think really about care. the plot, there's no reason for them to have given anything to the daughter. There's no reason for that. The it granddaughter. The granddaughter. I'm sorry. Stop trying to it's understand the plot of this so movie. So odd. Do no, it. it's just there's not, no it's reason not for Wolverine to follow about. the granddaughter. Well, yeah, I know you're right. Except for the fact that he had the connection with the with the Yoshida or whoever. So I mean, you know, that I can just the ending was just it was odd. It was terrible. off. It was off. Okay. It was terrible. Anyway, yeah, we yeah, agree. There it is. But the train was cool. The Cutting Room Floor. Okay, for this week on The Cutting Room Floor, we want to talk about the Emmy nominations that have just come out. Um, because obviously there's a lot to talk about there as we get ready for the Emmys coming up in September. Um, so basically we're just going to go through five categories that we particularly care about. And we're just going to discuss some of the worthy nominees that are in those categories. Some of the, uh, I call it abominable nominees, ones that we really do not understand why they are chosen. Uh, any snubs that we feel, uh, were left out of the nominations. And then we're also going to give our predictions for the win. So we're going to start, uh, with the outstanding actress in a drama uh, and I will give all the nominees and then we will let the discussion go from there so actress in a drama the nominees are Claire Danes for Homeland Vera Farmiga for Bates Motel what Michelle Dockery <laughs> Michelle Dockery for Downton Abbey Robin Wright for House of Cards Elizabeth Moss for Mad Men Connie Britton for Nashville and Carrie Washington for Scandal so, what do you guys think of these nominees? Uh, why is Vera? Did, did Vera for real? Farmiga. Vera Farmiga from Bates Motel. Why? I, don't, I mean, uh, maybe she got really good later on in that season. But I the, thought the two she was like the I worst watched, thing about that show. Oh my no, gosh! No, look, look. There's the possibility that her character was written to be awkward, obnoxious, and unbelievable. Right. And if so, she's doing a great <laughs> job. <laughs> How do you really feel, Josh? You make Indeed. a point. You make a point. Okay. Yeah, right. I was shocked at that one for sure. I was shocked at the uh, scandal. That move, that show is so terrible, and it. <laughs> I don't understand the arc of that show. I watched the entire first season because oh, it's God. written by the uh, showrunner and writer of Grey's Anatomy. So, oh I thought, my gosh! So <laughs> I'm just people. Hey, people! I'm just telling you, you why I started the watching problem. it. I'm just telling you, you why I started the watching problem. it. Listen, it's you. It's you. I, but it was so awful that I had to stop. And I thought every every week I expected it to get canceled, but for some reason the the ratings have gone literally through the roof. I mean, it's you were like, watching it. No, Chad. I'm not watching. It only happened in season two. But anyway, I don't understand that nomination because that show is awful. It's terrible. But I've never even watched. That I've show. never I seen it. So I don't know. To do so. <laughs> I was excited to see Connie Britton on there. I loved her in Nashville. I, I thought hmm. yeah. she's, she's a good like actress. Her. Whatever. She was, I don't think she'll win. No, she was, she was good in Nashville and she was also good in American Horror Story. I think she's she's a good She's a no, great actress. She's, she's great, and she was good. wonderful in Friday Night Lights. I just in Nashville, yeah. it's kind of I don't know, I don't know. I think Can, from I'm sorry, go ahead, Josh. Oh no, you were about to say I think what I was about to say, and I, that was can we talk about who deserves to be there, which is Downton Abbey, Michelle Dockery, although Maggie Smith deserves to be up there with her. 
Right. Um, Robin Wright for House of Cards and Elizabeth Moss for Mad Men. Claire Danes. Claire Danes. Hello. Claire Danes. Well, have you seen Homeland? For all of these categories, I have. I don't know about Homeland because I've never seen it. I haven't but seen. But SNL Homeland, made a lot of fun of it. So, oh, I, guys, guys, have not seen Homeland? guys, you just need I, to see Homeland. I don't have it's, Showtime, and I don't care. Dude, those are my very, two reasons. It's a very good show. I've heard and, that. I'll tell you somebody that I think should have been in there. That's Carrie Russell from The Americans. Yes, she's. she's oh yeah, she's great. Yeah. She was great. She was great. Yeah, and that's definitely Hendricks. is the best part about that show. Christina that's interesting. Hendricks yeah, from Mad Men. Ah, mm. yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, do you guys have a prediction of the ones that are there? Who Who do you predict to win, Chris? I'm gonna go with Claire Danes. I think she was amazing in Homeland this past season. I mean, like above I've, things I've seen. Agree. It is amazing. It was amazing. Chad, who's your prediction? I think Robin Wright is gonna win for House of Cards. I think she was excellent, and I think that uh, she'll win. Josh. Well, I had both of those on my list. My my best guess would be Robin Wright, but that's only because I haven't seen Homeland. I know Claire Danes has gotten a lot of buzz for that, so it's a toss-up for me between the two. Gotcha. Well, I've seen both, and I definitely think Claire Danes should win. Hopefully yeah. she will win, but that's my prediction. So I guess it is two against two. We don't have a clear winner. Okay. So we will move on now to Outstanding Actor in a Drama. We have Hugh Bonneville for Downton Abbey. Brian Cranston for Breaking Bad, Jeff Daniels for The Newsroom, John Hamm for Mad Men, Damian Lewis for Homeland, and Kevin Spacey for House of Cards. What do you guys think? Everyone deserves to be there, except, again, I don't know about Homeland. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm just just being honest. Well, I've seen it, all I, the others, I, I so congratulate Lewis, me. I want Damian Lewis to win. Damian Lewis... Is ridiculously yeah. amazing on that show. He's definitely the best part of Homeland, and you guys need to go see it right now. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm kind of shocked you haven't seen it. it. It's definitely it. It's one of those amazing, just psychological. It's like 24, except it's in the mind rather than explosions. You know what I mean? Like it's a very like. And the whole show honestly hinges on his performance. Oh yeah, no, no, the absolutely. The character is extraordinarily complicated. Especially after the first season, you think there's Dude. no way that this this show can continue, but it it does and does a very good job. Of, you guys of need it. to see it. Um, yeah, I'm amazed um, that Kevin Spacey is actually here. Um, really? And the, Why are you amazed? Why are you well, amazed by that? I think. No, 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 no. I think it's a very good thing. I'm just, I, I'm just amazed that now, uh, a show that is not on regular television uh, oh, is yeah. getting is getting um, Emmy nominations. I think that's but, a very cool thing, and it could have gone, it could have backfired on Netflix. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, I'm sure there was some sort of a political pull someplace, but obviously they won it, and I think Kevin Spacey is is the one who should win. Either that or Brian Cranston, they're both very good. Yeah. yeah. I have a sentimental pick that I th would like to be in there, but that I don't know who I would replace. And that's Andrew Lincoln, who is the main character from uh The Walking Dead. The mm. sh the sheriff guy, he doesn't get a lot of credit, yeah. but that's a pretty nuanced role with a broad spectrum of I, of, of I emotion agree with you. and I like I like his character. But is he the main character? That's the one thing yeah, I have problems with. Is he a lead actor? He, is he is he the lead or is he like? I, I feel don't like know, I I don't know who else you'd put in. I mean I don't know. You're I guess right. That's a fair point, but I agree with you. I just, I just feel like he does. He gets you know it's a fairly ensemble cast. That show is. I mean I wouldn't. I, I think he does a great job. He's very very good in that show. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All okay. right. So do we have our predictions for this category, Chris? What's your prediction? You know I'm going to go with Kevin Spacey. I mean. 
I, I have a feeling that Brian Cranston's going to walk away with it just because everybody's talking about Breaking Bad and it's. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say Kevin Spacey just because he's. Um, everybody's talking about it. Chad, what about you? I think that Brian Cranston will win because everybody knows it's um, Breaking Bad's last season, and I think he should win because he's outstanding. Uh, Kevin Spacey would be a close second, maybe even tied with John Hamm. But, but yeah, I think Brian Cranston wins. What about you, Josh? I forgot about the last season thing. Brian Cranston will probably win because of that. You're right. Otherwise, I had John Hamm. Hang on, though. Is it the last season? It, it is. is. But I mean, the it hasn't aired yet. Season is the last season. Yeah. Well, you're right. This wouldn't be for the last season. It yeah, but technically, okay, that's fine. If you want to do it that way, that's true. I, so John it, it, I just don't John know. Hamm. I don't know how the Emmy works. I don't. I don't know if. I don't know if they can what? count half. I, it's, no, it's half a season. I mean, it's, it's only one final season, and it's like the fir- they had the first eight episodes and the last episodes. They just split it yeah. into two. Right. Gotcha. I, I'm curious to know. I'm. Sh- I, I don't know. That, that's an interesting. Yeah. point to make yeah. I mean because that's what I thought too is like oh yeah it's the last season so everybody they're just going to give it to him because well, it's the last time well even if it wasn't though it seems like he's got all the buzz right now that's my let's not say that's why he's going to win right, he's outstanding exactly. Exactly. no no no, no right. I, they're all outstanding in the category and I'm just if, that would put him over the top yeah. if you're a voter and you're thinking okay who am I giving this to yeah, Brian Cranston's right. amazing yeah. and it's the last season it's the last opportunity I'll have yeah you're right I mean psychologically you're going to pick that I mean maybe I don't know yeah. Yep. My wish is Damian Lewis. Just get to throw it in there one more time. But He's awesome. I think yeah. Brian Cranston will win. All these all right. guys, all these guys are awesome. There's no they are. Okay, we'll go to writing for a drama. Uh, the nominations are George Mastros for Breaking Bad, Thomas Schnoz for Breaking Bad, Julian Fellows for Downton Abbey, David Benoif and DB Weiss for Game of Thrones, and Harry Brommel for Homeland. Uh, I was surprised Aaron Sorkin wasn't on there, but that's just me because I like Newsroom. Yeah, that is actually, now that you mentioned that, that is very interesting actually because um, Jeff Daniels was nominated for mm-hmm. uh, Best Actor. And yeah, no I Mad mean, Men episodes. Come on. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that, Josh. Mad Men was stellar. It really was. I mean, I don't know. I, it, I'm actually catching up on Breaking Bad right now, so I really can't speak to this the current season or this last season, however we want to define that. I, I really enjoyed Game of Thrones, but I do think... Um, I was surprised Game of Thrones was on there, though, as much as I love that show. Like, I have a problem giving writers an Emmy for just adapting a book that already exists. I mean, oh, I know, come on. I That's know, difficult. obviously. It's, That's a big uh, deal. I know. I just don't know that they've done, like, the most amazing job in the world. Even though I, I think, love that show, I love it. I'm just... I, I, I definitely, I definitely think... For me, the most enjoyable experience was definitely Homeland. I mean, I think yeah, that that's would be my the wish one. for yeah. sure. I love that show. Yeah. All well, right. Pre- well, let's, let's do our predictions. Josh, what's your prediction? Um, out of these, I'm going with Game of Thrones for um, sheer buzz and fan base. Wow. But wow. I, right. I don't know. Breaking Bad or Downton Abbey might deserve it. All right, Josh predicts Game of Thrones. What about you, Chad? I think that it will probably go to uh, Downton Abbey. Wow. All right. Yeah, I do. I'm going to go with Homeland. Homeland is my pick. Homeland is also my pick. Cool. All right. Now we will go to comedy. Outstanding comedy. This is a great Uh, category. I am so. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Let's review what the nominations here for Outstanding Comedy. What is this? Outstanding ca- Comedy, The Big Bang Theory, Ugh. 
uh, oh. Girls, which is an HBO show. I Louis hear it's good. Is that a Netflix. comedy? I, I can't speak to that. <laughs> <laughs> Tragedy. All right. Girls on HBO, Louis on FX, Modern Family yeah. on ABC, 30 Rock on NBC, and Veep on HBO. Have you guys seen Veep? And those are your comedy <clears throat> nominations, people. What, what are your thoughts on Veep, Chad? I... I, I think the first season was a slow burn for me, but I really enjoyed the second season. I like that style of humor. I'm, I'm watching it as well, but I, I'm thinking to myself the entire time when I saw this, like, was it really deserving an Emmy, though? I mean, right? is it... Do any of these deserve You know what's not on here? Oh, you, you've got it listed on your... Yeah. Parks and Recreation. Parks and Rec. Yeah. That is on That's the on top my of list my too. list. Yeah, sure. so here, he, here's another one that you guys probably haven't watched that when I first say it, you'll think I'm going into Grey Anatomy land, but I'm not because it's actually very good. And that's New Girl. The oh. Zoe Deschanel. Mm-hmm. Fox, really? that, that, that show is is really, really good. And <laughs> I hate to say how I started watching it, but my wife and I used to watch Glee and so I had accidentally set my DVR used to, to watch. yeah used to watch, used to watch. Uh-huh. shut your face uh-huh. so anyway I had accidentally set my DVR to record I usually set it one minute later but by accident it was like six, 15 minutes later and this came on after Glee and so we always ended up watching the first 15 minutes and then continuing to watch it it's really a very good show I think you mm-hmm. guys would like it it's funny it's very funny it's mostly improv um, it's great it's a great show I, I well, would, these- I'd have that in there yeah, I was I was very upset. Parks and Rec of these, like I mean, I think definitely Modern Family deserves to be. There. Now, hang on, I, I hope that one. I, I also think The Office got snubbed here because yeah, I thought The, the Office this was fantastic. Of the this Office season was great. I don't understand how. I don't understand how the Big Bang Theory is on here. I don't either. The Big Bang Theory. I know I'm supposed to like the Big Bang Theory, but I think it's ridiculous. It's on there because it's popular. It's on there because it's popular. Everybody else loves it. Like all of our friends always try and get us to watch it. Here's the thing, though: all of our non-nerd, actually nerd friends, tell us we should watch it. And I always feel like when I start watching that show, I'm being insulted somehow. Absolutely. For some reason. And I, and I'm like, man, this is just not this is not the right side of the culture I want to be on. Like, I feel like it's too not stereotypical. Funny, too. Yeah. Well, anyway, let me say this though: Girls is Girls is actually a very good show, um, but it's not. And it is a comedy, but it's uncomfortable comedy, and it's not necessarily always funny. It's more of a dramedy, if anything. But Louis is wonderful. I think right. Louis is great. Great. I want him yeah. To win, but yeah, he's Louis, not going to. Yeah. If Louis won, that would be the upset. I mean, that For that's sure. the small guy. I mean, Louis. He deserves it. Yeah, it's great. It's original and it's funny. He, sh- he shoots and edits that sucker. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. Yeah, like it's, it's a it's almost a one man show. It's mm-hmm. that's crazy. Anyway, yeah. Okay. Right, other well, snubs: Parks and Rec, okay. Office, Arrested Development, and I don't yeah, know whether it qualifies, but Portlandia. Why, why isn't Arrested Development on here? That doesn't make any it's sense. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, that's that true. doesn't make any sense. That's very true. There anyway. is not even any comment to be made because it's just so crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Okay. Well, at least right. Josh's favorite show, Modern Family, got nominated. So there's that. <laughs> uh, so All right, over let's, the top let's do predictions. Predictions? Chad, what's your prediction? Uh, well, there's a difference in what I think is going to win versus um, who should win out of our, you know, our nominees. I think who should win is probably Louis. I think what will win is going to be Modern Family again. Yeah, because they won it last year, right? Yeah, they've won a few. Yeah. yeah. Josh, what about you? What's your I prediction? Was, I was thinking the Big Bang Theory might pull out an upset here, given oh. the voters' taste. Oh. But please let it be Louie. <laughs> <laughs> 
Chris, what's your prediction? I think it's going to be Modern Family as well. As do I. And that's a great show. So let them win. It, no. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about that later. <laughs> we already did. It is a great show. Shut up, Josh. It is. You, you're just crazy. All right. It's let's go to drama. Believable. That's sorry. Whatever. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> what part of it? There okay. You go. She just I'm shut you down. Stop. I'm done. Whatever. You're wrong. Yes, it is. Boom. You're wrong. <laughs> Outstanding <laughs> drama. Here are the nominations. Breaking Bad from AMC, Downton Abbey, PBS, Game of Thrones from HBO, Homeland from Showtime, House of Cards from Netflix, and Mad Men from AMC. Where's The Walking Dead? Where's The Newsroom? It, Where's it, Hannibal? Well, they, they got shoved off the list by all the other deserving shows. Yeah, I mean, what show, what, what one on there would you take off? There's not, well, those the are ones I don't watch. <laughs> the yeah, ones I was going to say, watch. you take off Mad Men. I haven't seen any, so <laughs> Mad Men and Mad Men and Downton Abbey can just oh, go. Now. Oh, you oh, better come on now. Your face. What, what was that? What did that? What did that neighbor say to you? Go, go play in your. <laughs> you go play, play in your playground. <laughs> <laughs> you two just leave. That's a story for another day, folks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when your neighbor tells you at one in the morning after shooting fireworks <laughs> off to go play in your playground. You do just that. Yeah, Pretty much. That That's awesome. exactly what you Unless do. you're Chris, in which case you run inside. <laughs> no, I did not run inside. I hid behind a car, yeah. if I remember properly. Oh, oh yeah. Where's my backup? Oh, wait a minute. I'm out here by myself. We'll go play in our playground. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Anyway. No, I agree with you. I, all these all these are very deserving. And can there only be five nominations? Is that the way there, this works? Six. Six. Mm-hmm. six. Sorry. Six? There can only be six? I don't know. Because, I, I mean, I... I mean, just like, you know, like Oscars, you know, I feel like, you know. Yeah, the Oscars, would... they can put up 15 if they want. They don't care. Because <laughs> yeah. they're the Oscars. I do what I want. Pretty much. I mean, yeah. So yeah no, I, I, I haven't seen. All these are great. I haven't. All these are wonderful. And I, but except for Homeland, which I have no idea because I haven't seen. Cause Chad, when, when you I, need to see it. Well, you need to see Mad Men, so that goes that Real. way, too. Whatever. But for me, I would have the Americans in there somewhere because I love that show. I love it. I, but I, the only thing I could think to possibly replace it would be Homeland, and that's just because I haven't oh, seen it. Oh, stop it! So how about Newsroom? How do, do we not feel like Newsroom is a deserving uh, pick here? Anywhere in that first first season, probably not. I can't think no? of any. I can't think of anything oh. that I would take out for 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 the Newsroom. Well, no, I know. Yeah, no, okay. Well, maybe you know. I don't want to be sacrilegious here, but maybe Game of Thrones. Oh, I mean, Game of it. Thrones was great, but it wasn't like you know. I don't know. It, it uh, was it was spectacular well, at the end of the season for sure, but it I don't know. It's a great show. And Melody's argument about it's not an original story, but you can't really fault it for that, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Pretty awesome though. Neither was House of Cards, neither is Homeland. Yeah, that's true. I can tell uh, you that's true. This whole Netflix thing we we've been talking about, you know, the recognition for those shows, which really is it's a neat thing. But I can tell you one show that should not be on there because we we kind of got off that train on the first one, but. That is uh, the Netflix show Hemlock Grove. Hemlock Grove. Yeah, oh no one talks about that. No, wait anymore. a minute. <laughs> so I, I have, it. I have just finished that first season. It's taken me like three months to make I, myself I watch stopped. it. I you torture yourself? I made myself watch it. I was like, I'm finishing this bad boy all the way through. It's god awful. <laughs> the acting is horrible. The cinematography oh, yeah. is ugly. It's cheesy. So anyway, never watch that. But anyway, back to the... Well, what about uh, Orange is the New Black? Eh, uh, eh. No, that is great. That show is great. I yep. still need to start that. So, anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, what are our predictions? Chris, what's your prediction? Um, Breaking Bad. We'll yeah. take it. Chad? 
Yeah. No, I'm going with the upset. House of Cards. Mm. Ah, and I hope that happens. That'd be awesome. That would be exciting, Josh. Yeah, I I don't know. With my pick, I went for again. I went for the fan base and the buzz around Game of Thrones, but I would prefer House of Cards or Mad Men. So I don't know what's going to happen because they're all so deserving. If this right. is the last season of Breaking Tough. Bad, though, yeah. come on. My, well, again, we don't know. Next year. Right. No, you're right. might you're be right. able to be nominated again. You're right. Well, my wish is Game of Thrones, but my prediction is Breaking Bad. Oh, is so it? there you have it. Is it really? Well, I mean, just considering the, the love for that show. Yeah. We, we yeah, will revisit this in a future episode to talk about how wrong we all were. Pretty yeah, much, right. I am sure that... And in the meantime, you two will go watch Homeland, okay? When you start okay. watching Mad Men, we will. Fine, I will if you watch Homeland. Hey, okay, everybody, who, Chris. everybody who's everybody who's listening, why don't you go ahead and make your predictions as well on our Facebook page, and then we can all play this game together. That'd be fun. So uh, what, 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 what are we talking about? We're what talking am I about how you're going to start watching Mad Men. I'd rather cut off my arm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a <laughs> Mad Men. Everyone else love it, and we can't. What's wrong with <laughs> you? Give it another chance. Uh, I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> Would you? You said you'd that rather cut off your arm. You. That's pretty drastic. <laughs> it's a good show. I mean, like if we're talking I, about Hemlock Grove, I can understand you wanting to cut <laughs> off your arm, but not Mad Men. <laughs> Go watch Homeland. I'll do my best to get him to watch Mad Men, okay? Okay. okay. Deal. The Cutting Room Floor. Thanks for tuning in to the Screeners Podcast. Like we said at the beginning of the show, we love to hear from you guys. So if you'd like to talk about something you heard on this episode, or you'd like us to cover something in the future, just drop us a line. We can be reached just about any way you can think of online. Drop us an email at screenerscast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, search for Screeners Podcast, tweet us at Screeners Cast, or leave a comment over at ScreenersPodcast.com, where you can also read up on show notes and send us ideas for future topics. And as always, if you like us, go on iTunes, rate us, give us a review, and we'd love you for it. See you later. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to ScreenersPodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.